Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Jeff Johnson, your host of the Liberal Leaders Podcast, and uh, we are uh, really excited today to be talking to Chuck McCauley, um, and Chuck works with uh, UFG, the United Franchise Group, and I want to welcome you to the show today. Chuck, thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you. Well, we are, uh, as I said, we're really excited and thrilled to, to have you on because UFG Group is a uh, you know, today has three uh, different concepts out there. We've got the Great Greek Mediterranean Grill, uh, John Smith Subs, and Grace Craze, which is a tongue twister. Grace Craze. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm excited to, to learn a little bit about each one, and, and I think I just want to hand it off to you to begin with, and we can start with the Great Greek uh, Mediterranean Grill, and maybe just tell us a little bit about that concept and and kind of what you guys are doing with it, and and then we'll shift to some of the other ones. Yeah, not a problem. Maybe just for context, uh, UFG or United Franchise Group, we're celebrating 35 years in business for a privately held company. Uh, we have nine different brands, uh, including uh, some big brands like Sinorama that folks have probably heard of and oh, yeah. fully promoted. But today we're focusing in as you suggested, Jeff, on the three uh, food brands in the food division. So starting with a great Greek Mediterranean grill, I really uh, started in Las Vegas uh, several years ago by Nick Delapana and Trent Jones, a couple of entrepreneurs. Uh, Nick more in the kind of technical side of the business, the tech side. Nick is an operator, being involved in the casinos for years and food and beverage. And uh, they purchased an existing restaurant, uh, all authentic recipes. Uh, from an Armenian family and, and really created the great Greek Mediterranean grill. And the focus since day one has been fresh, quality, culture, very, very important, fast casual. So it's a fast casual environment, but really that, uh, that freshness, that authenticity, uh, it's all scratch made. I mean, the recipes are, are family recipes passed down, lots of them. And as I said, whether it's the, the hummus, whether it's the tzatziki, uh, it's, everything is made from scratch and the fresh part is so important. Um, United Franchise Group partnered with the Great Greek several years ago uh, to really push the franchise model across the country. And that has started to gather uh, tremendous, uh, what do you call it? Tremendous excitement, tremendous speed now. Yes. Uh, right now, I believe in our last press release, we have 151 locations in development are open. Uh, and the way we break it down, Jeff, is we have 11 franchise locations right now under the United Franchise Group umbrella. We will open three to six this year uh, before the end of this year. And the reason it's a, a little different is I'm sure everybody understands that there the supply chain is pretty difficult uh, when it comes to equipment, drywall, you name it. Uh, but we will open in Charleston, South Carolina. We'll open in Friendswood, uh, uh, which is a suburb of Houston. Coming up before the end of the year, Florham Park in New Jersey. So just give me a bit of an idea. We're opening up in markets, uh, in California, all across the country. 
And really over the next few years, there's gonna be significant growth for the, uh, for the Great Greek, no question. We have a second uh, component to the Great Greek, uh, what we can call corporate, but that are the stores that are owned by uh, Nick De La Pena and Trent Jones. So they are based in Las Vegas, Nevada. They own the, uh, the four Nevada locations. They're opening, I believe, another couple and over the next year in Nevada. And they have a couple of locations in Florida, West Palm Beach and Palm Beach Gardens, which are very close to our office. So they wanted to set up those particular locations in West Palm Beach specifically uh, as a training store down the road. So it's really, uh, it's really incredible, Jeff, because having been involved in the restaurant business on and off for a long, long time, about 30 years, what I track and what I look at is the passion of the guests, right? The, the comments we get uh, with reviews, reviews is critical for us. We have a review management company that answers all guest reviews. Uh, our new technology for our website is called Pop Menu. So guests can leave testimonials and reviews on the website, but they can review individual menu items, not just the brand itself. And I guess that's what really drives us, the, the passion. Hey, we're not always going to get it completely right. And if we have an issue with, uh, with product quality or whatever, we'll, we'll fix that. But overwhelmingly, uh, guests tell us they love the food. Some of the comments are crazy. People saying, just like my Nana, or is a different name, Baba in Greece, you know, and when she made the food and it was fantastic and the Mediterranean, uh, the Mediterranean value. But it's really about, uh, sorry, diet. But it really is about, and everybody will talk about this in the restaurant business, it's the guest experience. And when I look at the great Greek uh, Mediterranean grill, I do use the word internally, polished fast casual. And the reason I use polished fast casual is we do one extra step, we clean up the dishes. And who doesn't want the dishes cleaned up, right? Uh, I believe it. <laughs> I clean up the dishes at home all the time. My wife would attest to that because that's just the way I am. But in all seriousness, it's a fast casual atmosphere. You know, you order at the counter, but we've got other mechanisms coming in. We're looking at kiosks now, order from the table and things like that we can, we're gonna be doing next year. But you order at the counter, we bring the food to your table and we clean up the dishes. And we really want that authentic guest experience. So that is a, a quick snapshot on the great Greek Mediterranean grill. Well, that's fantastic. That's a, a really exciting franchise. And um, wow, I, I had no idea that there were quite that many. Uh, you said 151 in development are open yep. Um, yep. at the moment. And, um, you know, I, I had jotted down the number 28. And uh, I think I discounted the ones I saw on the website. But yeah. uh, obviously I was off base. No, you're fine, Jeff. We have uh, a master franchisee in the state of Michigan, a master franchisee in Orlando. Both of them are multi-unit development agreements for 20, and they're opening three and four this year, number three and four. And we have another master franchise, actually based in the good state of North Carolina, where you are. And they have an agreement as well for 20. They'll be doing East Coast and West Coast. So we have big development agreements. So as we see 2022 and beyond, we will see that number climb above the 151, but we'll also see the openings spike significantly just with all the development we've got going. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned one key component to, to what's really been holding up, um, you know, all types of businesses, not just restaurants or franchise programs, but it's the, um, well, there's really a couple of things, but the one you mentioned was shortages of supplies and materials right. and and all that. So do, do you see that changing anytime soon? Kind of what, what are y'all's thoughts on, on being able to have access to all these again at a reasonable price? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to say in the sense of certainly the cost of goods going up. And, and I think restaurants across the board are adjusting their pricing where they need to. There's no question about that. 
Uh, we don't want to sacrifice the quality and we won't do that. So we've been very, very diligent and we're very careful about any, any price increases. I think uh, as consumers, we're, we're both consumers, folks listening are consumers. You see the impact of price increases, I think, just about everywhere right now. Obviously, the industry, being fully transparent, the industry is going through a major labor crunch, uh, no question at all. Very, very difficult for a number of different reasons. So that all goes back to your culture. You know, how are you building your culture? How are you treating your staff, looking after your staff? You read a lot about that in the industry brands that have done an exceptional job. I think next leadership, Bob Anderson, our president, our leadership with the franchisees, they've done a great job managing that. So we've been very fortunate from a product standpoint with where we've had to shift. And it's been more paper goods probably than anything else right now. Uh, when it comes to actually supply shortages, we just moved to a new supplier, changed some of our designs. But I, I, I certainly don't have the crystal ball in the sense of, is this going to ease up over the next three months or is it going to be early 2022? I think the entire industry is facing similar problems. Yeah, I, I know that you're right about that because we, we've talked to a, you know quite a, a cross-section across America and you know, right. the last few months and it's just been been crazy with uh you know labor's is really challenging um you know people are having to work shorter sh- shorter schedules cut out days you know in the in the business for some of the smaller um restaurants out there um you know pay rates are are, are up you've got to pay to play these days and get good right. people um, and as you said, these are all challenges that, that really are slowing growth uh, across the industry at a time where consumers really want it. You know, we are yes. nobody wants to cook and clean up dishes at their house anymore. I think that's I think you're absolutely right. I think you're seeing uh, what do you call it? It's an interesting point because we all know the, the, the boom in delivery and the yes. boom in to go, you know, people picking up the food, taking it home and to go. We've actually seen that over the last few months. Uh, an increase in dine-in, uh, where, where it's been nice. Most of the countries have decent weather right now. The, where you get patios, that's definitely a bonus. People like that. But we have seen a rebound in dine-in. I think that uh, folks are, um, you know, they want community. They want fellowship, a little bit fed up to a degree. They want to get out and have that dining experience, not meal again. But yes, there's no question that uh, a lot of uh, dining at home is a big deal. Uh, no question at all. Yes, sir. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's great to, to kind of hear that you guys are, you know, even as a big company, which um, UFG Group is, you know, it's, you're, you're a large operation. And uh, just like the small guys, you know, there's, there's labor challenges, and um, you've got right. to find a way to do it. Or what are you guys and I know you're on the marketing side, but um, have you been able to come up with any ideas or strategies or, or things that are working in terms of being able to recruit and retain? Uh, employees? I think what it boils down is that going back and, and looking at uh, what the team are doing right now, I think it, it, it comes back down to the, the actual environment. It starts with the leadership in the restaurant, right? Yeah. And you've, you've got some long-term employees, which really helps, there's no question. So as you're trying to get new employees in, you're looking to, for it to be infectious from a culture standpoint, that not only incentivized via wages, but certainly incentivized via contests. So they'll run promotions every so often, whether it's Starbucks, gift cards, you know, it used to be movie gift cards, you know, and things like that. Just rewarding the, the staff with complimentary meals for them and their family and that type of thing, too. So that's what's really, really important. And creating that, that uh, a culture of, you know, trying to have some fun while they're, while they're executing at the same point in time. So yeah. we're, but we are lo- we're looking at some different, there is some different technology out there uh, with mobile apps, specifically where 
staff can track and, and can get rewarded and, and things like that, we're going to take a further look at. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that that's very interesting to hear, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out myself because um, you know it'd, it'd be great to be able to find a way to to if, if not solve at least mitigate the the challenge right. you know, for for right. everyone. Um, right. So uh, I love what you guys are doing, and um, it sounds like uh, it's not slowing you down too much in terms of of getting these new locations up and running. Yeah, we've been very fortunate. We have a great team, great real estate construction team operations team face the same challenges as any of the other brands out there, but yeah, they, uh, they're making it happen. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I'm sure that, you know, those challenges also transcend over to the, to the other concepts. Um, right. but, but speaking of the other con concepts, uh, you want to talk about John's, uh, John Smith subs. Absolutely. Let me, uh, let me do this. So yeah, we got, we got to get the background. There you go, a little background change. So John Smith Subs, John Smith Subs uh, was founded in 1988. John, J-O-N Smith is a real person. He uh, moved from Long Island to uh, the West Palm Beach area. And really in Palm Beach County, he opened a, a, a plethora of, of John Smith Subs shops. His whole secret was uh, back in the day was grilling, uh, made to all the fries and the bomb back in the day when, hey, that's the bomb, right? When that was a yeah. popular... Very popular saying. So I like the, the whole what's old is new, you know, the retro type thing on the bomb and everything else. And really created this, uh, honestly, like a cult following uh, in the Palm Beach uh, market and uh, with all his locations. So uh, back in 90, I think it was, it was 1997, uh, United Franchise Group, uh, sorry, uh, uh, 2017, United Franchise Group uh, made a deal with John Smith Subs to take the brand and franchise it across the United States. Uh, today, we have uh, 14 locations open. Uh, Clinton Township, I think you and I chatted a bit briefly in Michigan, uh, will be our next opening coming up at the end of October. We have just over 40 deals right now in the hopper for John Smith. Um, we do operate internationally for both brands, but the Greek is where we haven't opened yet. We will, uh, but John Smith, we also just opened in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, that's part of my old stomping ground. So that was uh, quite interesting, exciting. It opened yesterday. And uh, we do have the UK and Australia and some other, other locations. But big focus here now, uh, back in the United States again. And what we did, I mean, the brand was established in 1988. Again, it is a bit fresh, quality, not frozen, unique sandwiches. We sell a Cuban. A lot of sub shops don't sell a Cuban, a lot of traditional. The Reuben, uh, the Gator. So obviously coming out of Florida, the Gator, it's like a swamp sub. It's got everything in it you can imagine, right? Ooey gooey, big overstuffed subs is what it's all about. But we've got our whole line of the good old fresh deli subs as well. And uh, and we try to make it unique. You know, we've got local favorites. So uh, we'll add a local favorite depending on the market. Like I lived in uh, Indiana for three years and we actually have a prospective franchisee that looks like they'll come on board for Indiana, where I used to live up in Hamilton County. And you got to have the tenderloin pork, the tenderloin pork sub fried or grilled as a must. And we wouldn't even hesitate. We would put that in the market because that's what Hoosiers love. And up in Michigan, I was told it's the Reuben. So the Reuben is actually one of our biggest selling subs up in, uh, in Michigan. So we bring that flexibility from a product standpoint. We've got the real good core with the, the steak bomb, which is our most popular selling sub and the chicken bomb. And, and then the made-to-order fries, which people love as well. Um, but what we did, I think, which is really exciting, Jeff, is, is when I came on board just over a year and a half ago, 
um, part of that goal was to do a brand refresh, right? And we felt it was time. A lot of brands do that. I've worked for a number of brands throughout my career where we've done a brand refresh, some a little more drastic than others. We felt this was a big opportunity to take that heritage. It's all about flavor, adventure, oversized stubs. John was a real character. How do we take that and just move the needle on it? And so what you can see behind me, uh, we launched about three months ago now. We're just fine-tuning a few things. The stores that have been open, of course, we're giving them elements to rebrand. The Calgary store in, in uh, Canada and certainly Clinton Township will be the first U.S. store fully rebranded. And just got really excited about it. Our CEO, Ray Titus, really challenged us uh, to make it local. And we wanted to be local. We want to be the world's most loved local sub shop, right? So we did a lot of research and we came back with love local, eat delicious. And we were very intentional in that as well, because when we look at the category, a lot of formidable uh, competitors in the category, nobody was really using the word delicious. So love local, eat delicious is kind of our tagline emotional anchor founded in 1988. We think that's important. Contemporary cool is kind of the way we've designed it right now. So we've really raised the bar significantly. The response from the existing franchisees and new prospects has been incredible. They just love the look and the feel of the brand. And we've got a lot of different elements we've introduced at the same point in time. And then just to take it one step further, to really try and differentiate and, through, and cut through the clutter in the spirit of John Smith subs, our campaign line is bring your big mouth. So bring your big mouth to John Smith subs. John was very outspoken, very irreverent. Uh, we know there's a double entendre there because bring your big mouth is the big overstuffed subs. And that's what it's all about. It's indulging, no question. And then bring your big mouth is just having some fun and maybe being a little irreverent. So our rewards program, we call it BYBM rewards. So bring your big mouth rewards as we develop that over the next little while. So um, certainly, you know, compared to the great Greek, the great Greek is some formidable uh, competition. Competition is great. I mean, anybody's a competitor really these days in the restaurant industry in the sub sandwich category, it is significantly uh, different. And so we feel we've got uh, a really good brand refresh now to take the brand uh, to big places over the next five years or so. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And you can, you can tell you're a marketeer, my friend, just from, from listening to you <laughs> talk and, and kind of the, the way you share the story. And, and I really love the, you know, learn, kind of learning about, John Smith, for example, and, and, you know, who would have, who would have known, or I, I didn't know that that was a real person. And uh, right. you guys have, have, have brought his character and his, his, just his spirit, I guess, into the business. Right. Um, so that, that's really, really cool. And I uh, congratulate you on, on uh, doing this refresh. And it, it sounds like oh, it's going you. famously. It's going well. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's, it's an amazing story. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm making you talk a lot here and, and <laughs> trying to trying to switch gears on you. But uh, yeah. let me just let me just ask you this one question is, is, yeah. is there a difference in the challenges at all between John Smith and the, um, the great Greek? That's a great question. I really think it is. I mean, I think there's a there's more intensity. I what do you call it in the back of the house for the great Greek? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bigger, much bigger menu, more intense when it comes to prep. You know, because it is made from scratch, right? And uh, even though John Smith subs are as fresh as you go, and there is a grill involved, uh, typically John Smith will attract a younger demographic in the sense of uh, staffing, just because it is quick service, you know, QSR, like quick service restaurant, whereas fast casual is a wee bit different. So the big difference is really the back of the house 
you know, front of the house is all about guest service. It's that experience at the, the POS or the register, right? It's about who's cleaning up the tables, who's friendly and who's cooking. But the back of the house is the, uh, is the bigger challenge at the Great Greek because you really need that higher level of experience when it comes to cooking. Yeah, you know, well, that, that, you know, that makes sense now that you mentioned that it, it's definitely menu driven and um, uh, you've got you to step up a notch in the, in the kitchen for the Great Greek to be able to pull off right. all those menu items. And, and again, not, not that anyone can make a sub because that's not, not the case, but um, it, it isn't quite as intense. I love that word. Um, right as as the other so let's switch gears again let's talk about great okay. great craze and just wear you out while we've got you no you're fine so i'll do my uh obligatory background change this is uh gray's craze as we pop it up uh yeah i'll give you a, a background in gray's craze uh gray's craze was founded in oklahoma city uh by terry sylvester and j.a jenkins so they are the the founders of gray's craze uh, phenomenal people carry, uh, what do you call it? I uh, get into the, the whole charcuterie uh, craze, if you will, uh, by just kind of doing it ourselves and, and starting to build the business. And they opened their first locations in April of 2020. So really right into the, uh, what do you call it? You know, really as COVID was, uh, was, uh, rolling, uh, might be a bad one, but as COVID was really, you know, there. Yeah, that's, um, that, old, that's, yeah. that's when it really hit. Yeah, you're exactly. yeah, when it really hit. Yeah, and uh, what do you call it? So they um, they opened up in Oklahoma City and started rolling out this concept. Uh, again, I know that I've talked about quality and fresh with the other brands. This one is absolutely exceptional as well. I was in Oklahoma City a few weeks ago to meet with Kerry and JA uh, to do a tour of their existing locations. And I, it, it's amazing, man. I mean, they are so... I'll use the word intense again, but the, the love they put in it, the quality of the product, everything is completely fresh. The fruit, the veggies, the, the meats are incredible. The cheeses, they make their own jams, their own hummus, their own uh, spicy honey, which is phenomenal. So naturally, I got a real good little feast when I was there that day. Uh-huh. And uh, they just put together, they took a, they took a trend, uh, you know, charcuterie from the, you know, the French. That trend was really moving driven by millennials, based on all the research it tells you, right? Millennials grazing and snacking and, you know, they want to try new experiences, social eating, uh, the grocery stores, of course, DIY, you know, a lot of it, do it yourself, pick it up, assemble it and do it yourself. That whole craze was moving and they just, uh, they launched Graze Craze and, and off they went. Um, they more recently opened in uh, Florida Keys, so they opened that in, a, in the Florida Keys for a number of different reasons, but uh, that location has been incredible. So United Franchise Group and uh, and Kerry and JA came to an agreement several months ago to launch franchises across the United States. So uh, United Franchise Group, we have 32 states. Kerry uh, uh, and JA have 18 states. So we're going to share responsibilities back and forth. Um, you know, they will be selling franchises within their territory. We will do the same thing. We'll be collaborating extensively. Uh, we did launch a new website just uh, a few weeks ago now, three or four weeks ago now, uh, using the same technology as the other brands, Pop Menu. I uh, got some really good quick feedback from guests as we start to ramp that up right now. They are opening in uh, Oklahoma City. I believe it's Bixby, Oklahoma, should be opening any day now. And we are looking at Late October, I believe, early November should be our first franchise location. Um, we are really, really bullish on this brand. 
We feel that uh, what we have, uh, Jeff, is we have discovery days, which most brands that sell franchises do. And we have prospects either come into West Palm Beach or, of course, a lot of it's, uh, what do you call it, virtual these days? It has been for a long time. Yes. And the response on the brand is absolutely incredible. Uh, it really is fascinating. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of big differences between, you know, QSR, fast casual, and charcuterie, right? Um, they, can, they can all appeal to catering. So catering is a huge opportunity. Um, celebrate everything is Gray's Craze's mantra. So every day can be a celebration. I think it's really appropriate now as we exit COVID. You know, we all the cancellations with graduations and weddings and showers and you name it. Celebrate everything. And charcuterie is what a wonderful way to celebrate it. Stress-free charcuterie board. So comes delivered, set up. There's various sizes of boxes, the full-blown trays. Um, big opportunity for what we call commercial, certainly for uh, real estate that can be uh, certainly insurance companies, all sorts of uh, businesses, uh, which is important. But people want to be gracious hosts. It's a great way to set it up and take all the credit, all the credit as your guests come in and go, wow, that's a work of art. And again, it's individual. You can look at the different types of meats and cheeses and veggies. So it can appeal to all different tastes. Uh, if you're vegetarian, you're absolutely fine. If you're keto, you're you're rocking. You know what you got to yeah. eat when you're here as well, right? Yeah. And you can mix and match as you go. But I think that social eating experience, we're not just going to say it's strictly millennials, but that is a core element. But really, when uh, when we dig into it, it's just uh, the, the $60 billion catering business in the United States. This is a perfect fit. Uh, the one element compared to the other two brands is labor. You don't need a lot of staff for this particular brand. Um, I don't want to undersell the fact that it, it, is, uh, it can be intensive. There's no question. So it's all fresh. There's no cooking involved, obviously, right? Although they do make the sauces and the, the jams and stuff like that. But they have planograms, and it's a work of art. I watched a young lady build 25, what they call the, the lone grazer. So the lone grazer, <laughs> is a, the, it's a box that if one person eats it, they'd probably be pretty full. It could really feed two. But I watched her build 25 lone grazers for an insurance company that were, were sending them to a medical center. They had done a deal and they were, they were doing a nice side. Thank you very much. Here you go on behalf of our insurance company. Every, everybody in the center gets a loan grazer. It was amazing. And she'd been there a year. So she knew this like the back of her hand, did not need a planogram, very meticulous and quick as she went. So one of the big features behind Graze Craze is the, the low cost of entry. Uh, you don't need A and B real estate for the most part. There is no dine-in right now with the, the, the base model. Uh, it is strictly delivery. It's controlled delivery. All the delivery is done by Grace Grace. No third-party delivery, unlike the food, you know, the restaurant business right now. And again, that staffing model is significantly less. So the opportunity to have a smaller staff, again, same principles apply, right? Culture, motivation, treat your staff well, pay your staff well. And uh, but I do believe you're going to see a lot less staff come over. They've already seen that in Oklahoma after operating for about a year and a half. So that's significant in the industry. And it is a, a very interesting niche. I mean, we do a lot of catering with the Great Greek. Uh, we do a decent amount of catering with John Smith. We know those are big opportunities out there. And along comes Grace Craze that we think can really cut through the clutter and uh, and really make a big impact. And that's what we're, we're seeing in the early days right now. Wow, that is that is really really cool. So so really with Grace Craze, you have you you have somewhat of a well, you really have a, a more COVID proof model. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's good point. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really came out at the right time because, um, you know, delivery obviously took off after COVID um, much more so than it had in the past. Uh, so the whole that now do you do you do take out at all or is it 100 percent delivery? No, you'll do takeout. So even okay. when I was there and that's a that's part that's something we'll build as we go as well. But yeah, they've got uh, what do you call it? folks are coming in, they're going on a road trip. Yeah, they'll just uh, the log us in boxes and come in. And you can imagine the Key West location. Uh, it's pretty incredible because Key West, a lot of people are there in hotels. They just want something to go. So they'll call in, walk in, pick it up. And they'll walk in and say, oh, that's fantastic. We'd love to get that lone grazer. We're staying over here at the Marriott or whatever. You know, we just want somebody to take back to our room, have a nice uh, glass of wine. It's brilliant for wine pairing. And, and off we go. So that, that's something that we'll definitely build as we go, the takeout component. But the, uh, the, what do you call it, catering component slash commercial can be a little bit different if you, you say you're catering an office event or a big, you know, real estate insurance event versus, say, a, a celebration event like a wedding or a, a graduation. But, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of opportunity for sure. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I can see that in Key West. And, you know, heck, you might even want to take it to the beach or take it to the pool. Yeah, or right. uh, Yeah, we were, we were just down in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and, um, and that would have been awesome. We weren't, we weren't in Key West, so we were in the wrong, wrong spot. But um, hopefully the, the spread uh, will, will just go viral and um, we'll start seeing graze crazes pop up all over the country. That's what we're uh, that's what we're planning on. That's what we're hoping. And as I said, the momentum for this particular brand, I don't have hard numbers on me right now, but the momentum has been incredible. So it's really exciting times. Yes, sir. Well, well, since since you're a um, a marketing professional, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just ask you a little bit about. Um, and and I don't know if it if your marketing strategy, your plan, the the tactics that you're using. You know, are they pretty, you know, are they very similar across the brands or are they, are they, is there a lot of difference? Right, that's a great question. I mean, I think that uh, when you look at the technology component, you know, online ordering or mobile apps are, uh, for great, uh, for John Smith and the, and the great Greek, um, a lot of that is similar. There's no question when it comes to technology. So you have to have the, the, try and really have the best digital experience. We have a number of different platforms we use as well. Um, and then you really have to have the best guest experience in store. So you're always trying to balance that as you go. Um, Gray's Craze is going to be a little bit different, of course, because you don't really have that in-store experience like you do. Um, does Gray's Craze need a mobile app? Possibly, possibly not. I, I think a really good mobile experience and the web may be the right way to go. Uh, rewards and loyalty. You know, they do have a rewards and loyalty program for Gray's Craze for their commercial division right now. So as the frequency with guests, that that would be something we'd like to look at, because obviously a lot more frequency in QSR and fast casual drives that that loyalty component on a regular basis. So, but we have some really, um, you know, we we have some anchor uh, marketing partners that we use across the board. Uh, Pop Menu is our, our website developer now, and I think I mentioned that briefly. Yep. A little bit of a plug for them, but you know, each individual menu item has its own URL. So you can interact with that menu item and the guests can leave a review. And we're finding that about 90% of those reviews are not on social media right now. So there's an opportunity to push that. These are guests that are just participating in your website and leaving you testimonials. And that really drives your, your Google My Business, right? Your Google bots are looking for content, stuff like that. So that's consistent across the three. We have a fabulous PR firm. So when we do a grand opening and do a launch, 
it's all about uh, that local press release, the local media. You know, can you get the TV exposure perhaps? You know, it was a little different uh, during COVID. Um, but certainly your influencers, right? Key to get your influencers out there, uh, especially Instagram, of course, right? All three yeah. brands can benefit. Grace Craze in particular, very Instagrammable. No doubt about that. We have another marketing partner called Field Day. And Field Day is a combination of actual brand ambassadors that go out on behalf of the, the brand, like the good old street teams, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they go out, they, you know, they respect non-solicitation and they go out and they, uh, they interact with people in all different uh, businesses. And then they actually have a, uh, what do you call it? It's like a catering call center. It's almost like a virtual catering manager program. And they call on behalf of the brand. Very professional, not a cold call, just an introduction. And we, we do that in waves as we open and we plan that. And then we have a virtual catering manager program that we're launching. And then last but not least, we have our social digital, uh, what do you call it, reputation agency. So the reputation management piece is critical. Got to answer all reviews. Every single review, answer them. If you get a negative one, take it offline and deal with that. Uh, obviously, your good old organic social and paid social. Google My Business, and then your Google pay-per-click or digital marketing. So the four main components and then how we go to brand and how we go to market will be a little bit different. And last but not least, we still look at some traditional uh, traditional media. We'll still do some billboards. Um, we'll still do some local radio. And uh, television these days, we are doing what we call CTV, connected mm-hmm. television, or OTT, which is over the top. So anybody that's streaming, uh, we will do TV and we can target the folks that are streaming. And that can, again, keeps everything really local. All messaging is really, we're launching a, a national campaign. We don't, we're not national per se. If we launch a brand campaign, Jeff, that brand campaign is that can be everybody participating, right? And back in the day, it was always ADIs. And if you've got five, 600 locations, great. But we focus everything on the local trading area for the franchisees and getting our message across. Yeah, that that is a uh, you know that, that that's a full package right there, my friend, and uh, a lot of work. I hope I hope and pray you got a good team or a big team behind you to help you get all that done. Well, I have a great team. There's no question at all, and uh, we have a team of, with a ton of experience, which is uh, really important. And I uh, and not only our internal team, our external marketing partners uh, are important. And last but not least, the franchisees. Right, you got a lot of great feedback and suggestions from franchisees. They, uh, they know what's happening in the local market. And it's all about collaboration, uh, Jeff. That's what's so critical. You collaborate with the franchisees, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, we've got one customer and that's our franchisee, you know, they, and, you know, when they're successful, we're successful. That's our, that's our mantra. And I've kind of had that attitude in my, uh, my entire career working with franchisees, even when I haven't been working with them, you know, it's all about the folks that are on your successful, you're going to be successful. So, yeah, well, and, and I'm sure they're very appreciative of, of that same type of collaborative um, partnership that you guys are building, building with them. And, um, you know, it's, uh, um, as you said, really, you know, if they're successful, you're successful. And, and that's really a great motto, a great way forward. And um, hopefully uh, very pleasing to potential franchisees who may be looking for, you know, an opportunity. Um, right. United Franchise Group has got multiple in the food sector. And, and of course, as you mentioned early on, um, there's there's a number of other businesses as well outside the food categories. But um, that was our focus here today. So, uh, you know, I hope that we're able to reach some of those 
um, some of those investors, some of those people are, are owner operators who are ready to get involved and uh, get engaged with a great company who's got it all together. I mean, it's, uh, it, it sounds like a well-oiled machine. I appreciate that, Jeff. Hey, we, uh, what do you call it? We have our challenges like everybody else, but again, it's, uh, we've got such a depth of experience. We work off each other all the time and we play off each other and uh, we truly do build, uh, build as a team. No question at all. Hey, um, well, I, uh, you know, want to, want to thank you for coming on today and, and sharing the story of, of, uh, three great brands. Uh, and just to recap, we've got great Greek Mediterranean grill, John Smith subs and Gray's craze, which we were just talking about, um, great opportunities, uh, for, uh, owner operators, investors to get involved and, uh, and contact UFG. We're going to be going to be running your website address here. Um, you know, on the podcast, but uh, just to, to get a shout out at unitedfranchisegroup.com. Um, there's a divisions button and you can see the consulting, food, retail, Sinorama and Venture X uh, all up there. So if you're interested in the restaurant space, hit the food button and it'll bring you right in to where all the franchise information uh, is for each particular brand. So again, Chuck, we, uh, we want to thank you for your time today and for being on and, um, one last question. Any any final words of wisdom um, that that you want to share in terms of kind of what it takes to be a you know great franchisee? I, I think you know what you could go back to, and and sometimes this may be over overstated, but I just I go back to uh, servant leadership, you know, and really that again when I stated about what our success is based on, and if you really are when when we get franchisees, it's their investment. Right, so I am. I'm motivated to drive to make sure their investment uh, brings them an ROI and they're successful. And that's really what it's all about. You know, from a franchise perspective, they really have to have a passion, which you know, for the restaurant industry, the food service industry, they got that passion for people and that passion for uh, the restaurant industry. Then it, it can be a win-win uh, as we combine our efforts, or we get some franchisees who have hired some really, really good operators. And they've got some great operators that they they have the front person, the front man or the front woman of their business. And again, that's a, a critical component. So you've got investors that, that own it, don't run it. The people that run it are passionate, love the restaurant business and can make a huge impact. And I call it, Jeff, personalizing the brand. So personalizing the brand, put a face to the name of the brand, whatever you are, whatever you're operating. To me, that's uh, I've seen franchisees my entire career, different countries be exceptionally successful being that you know, personalizing the brand and being that face and that brand ambassador in the communities. Yeah. And, and uh, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were, as you were speaking to, you know, the, the options out there are to create your own brand and, and start up something fresh um, or invest in a, in a turnkey solution. And uh, right. uh, I'm really thinking, you know, on my side, uh, investing in that solution where all the the kinks are worked out and it's you know it's efficient and effective, um, you know that's ninety percent of of the the hard work of the startup. You know when you're pulling it out from off from scratch, there's a there's a lot of building to it, where you guys you know have already done that work. So another advantage right. for franchise. Absolutely, no, no question at all, and uh, you you nailed it for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, again, um, I'm, I'm going to wrap this thing up because uh, you've given us so much to think about that uh, our heads are spinning just a little bit. And, <laughs> and, and I appreciate it, though. I, uh, you know, I love the fact that, 
that um, that you've got such a grip, such a handle, such an understanding, you know, of, of what the brands are all about and um, are able to tell that story. And, and I'm sure it's coming out um, for each brand and all the, the work that you guys on the marketing side are doing uh, to promote it. So uh, great job. And thank you again for taking time to share those stories uh, here with us today. No, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to meet you virtually. And yes, maybe sir. one day we'll meet because I know we're neighbors. I'm up in Virginia. You're in North Carolina. So yes, sir. it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me today. And thanks for indulging me. Appreciate yeah. it. No, no, no. It's it's our pleasure. And thank you for, for sharing all that you did. And uh, for all our listeners, we appreciate you joining us today. Again, we've got uh, Chuck McCauley with us from United Franchise Group. And uh, hope you'll hope you enjoy this, this particular podcast and uh, stay tuned and come back for other uh, episodes of the Local Leaders Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.